0: pray. God, I pray for good health over everybody. There's a lot of sickness that seems to be going around, um, not just this cold, but other stuff too. I guess, God, I just pray for protection over people, that they would make healthy choices and smart choices to get good sleep and eat well and stay hydrated. And God, I just pray as well for tonight to just be something that we grow, learn, and just hear from you. Speak to us, Lord. We are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Men, All right, so tonight we are, it's a plan to start a series tonight, I don't know exactly how long it's going to go for, um, and obviously we won't have it next week because we're out in the tent, but the title of this series is Cultivating Growth. That's the title of this series, and it's all about growing in your faith, what are ways to grow in your faith, to cultivate growth. Hey, there's a lot of chatter. Hmm? Do I got to move you? Charlie. One more time, I'm moving you. Uh huh. One more time, one more time. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so did you. <laughs> okay. So, what's the title of this series? Cultivating growth. Yes. So, tonight the whole focus is on making efforts to cultivate growth. Because it doesn't happen by accident. And all of this comes from a quote that was said at Desperation Conference. And it was really, really good. It was by Victor uh, Mateo, I believe is his name. Mateo. That was the, that was, oh no, 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 Mendoza. Mateo's his brother. So it was Victor Mendoza. His brother is the one who, like, emceed most of the conference. So his brother led worship um, with the Desperation Band, um, or was it New Life Church Band? I don't know. They're both, like, the same to me. (laughs) But this quote is, we need structure because nobody ever drifts towards growth or looking more like Jesus. So this was at the breakdown session that the guys had. He said he was the one that was speaking at that one. So you ladies didn't hear this quote, but I'll say it again. It was, we need structure because nobody will ever drift towards growth or looking more like Jesus. And it doesn't happen by accident. You don't just accidentally look like him. You don't accidentally behave like Jesus. You don't accidentally follow him. It's an intentional choice you make. It is Something where you make effort to look like him. Man, you guys are coughing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <You> guys, <laughs> I know she did. <laughs> she didn't get me sick. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so, let me, let me just make mention of some, something that I've noticed in Scripture. When you look at the New Testament specifically... And people that were strong in their faith, they were looking solid in their faith, they were chasing after Jesus, they were strong in character. you got people like Paul, you've got Silas with him, you have the, the different disciples who were the early church apostles. Every person in the New Testament of someone who came to faith in Jesus had an encounter with him, right? There was an encounter with Jesus that changed Everything for them. But that was really just the starting point for them. To see people that were actually strong in their faith and carried it through to the end was people that were intentional. People that were fostering or cultivating growth in their life. And specifically, they were having intentional growth. They weren't doing things on accident, but they were doing it with purpose and making effort to add to their faith. So, Proverbs 4.23, this is a verse that Tim shared starting out the series that he's been doing this summer, and it says, guard your heart. Let's read it together on three. One, two, three. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. CJ, or not CJ, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Zeke, are you okay? Maybe you need... You need some medicine or something. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So let's read this again. On three. One, two, three. Guard your heart, everyone together, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This verse I highly suggest memorizing. In fact, I'm going to have a prize for you two weeks from now if you do memorize it. Okay? I did this before. Well, I'll probably have a full-size candy bar or something like that. Yeah, not this little grab bag stuff. The good stuff. A whole thing of what? Did you say a whole bag of marshmallows? That's that's okay. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> so, this verse is really, really key for growth in your faith. Okay? You have to make effort for it. And it's something that you need to watch over your heart. And the reason why it says to guard your heart is why. You guys remember what the verse says? It guides your life. It, it is basically determines where you're going to go. If you allow a bunch of bitterness inside your heart, where do you think your life is going to go? You're going to be a better person. If you let a bunch of garbage into your life, what's going to come out of you? Garbage. You guys ever heard of the phrase garbage in, garbage out? you got to watch over what is coming in. you got to take into account what you're absorbing. If I take a sponge and I stick it in swamp water, what's going to come out of the sponge? Right? If I take a sponge and I put it in clean water, what's going to come out of it? Clean water. Same works with yourself. I mean, yeah. If <laughs> if you put it in the swamp water first and didn't wring it out very well, then yeah, it's going to be pretty gross. But yeah, it's obvious, right? Like it's a pretty normal, understandable way of living life. What you let in is what's going to come out. The things that you watch are going to affect you. The music you listen to is going to affect you. The people that you listen to is going to affect you. It will make a difference. It will lead and guide and direct your life in ways you don't even realize right now until later on. And oftentimes it becomes very, very late in the game when you realize how much this has affected you. And you go, wow. This is where all this came from. And if you need sozo ministry, we'll get, we'll get you covered. <laughs> Inner healing stuff. But your heart really, truly affects you, which is why you should really take care of it. You should guard it. You should be careful what you allow into you, right? This proverb talks about how important it is to watch over your heart. It determines the course of your life. Other translations say it affects everything that you do. Well, if it affects everything you do, what do you think you should do? Be careful. Guard the thing. Can't say this enough. This wisdom is also expounded upon by Jesus even further. And obviously he understood this passage, but Jesus himself was the one you could argue who even gave it. It says all wisdom comes through him into the world. So go ahead, Katie, put the next verse up. It's Matthew 12, 33 through 34. And I'm reading all of these out of the New Living Translation, by the way. So it says, a tree is identified by its fruit. This is Jesus talking, okay? He's talking to people of Israel. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. Makes sense, right? If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Makes a lot of sense. You brood of snakes. Don't go around telling everybody that, okay? (laughs) How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you what? Say. It'll determine what you say. Now, there might be some people that do a pretty good job of being two-faced in the world, and they, they all nice and good and kind to your face, and then later on they're not. Well, eventually, it's going to come out, okay? It it ends up coming out to other people, and then you maybe catch wind of it that they're talking smack about you. Everyone, anyone been in that position? Yeah? You guys are so quiet today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You guys have had a busy (laughs) summer, huh? But you need to watch over your heart and be aware of what is there and honest about what's there. You need to be completely honest with yourself and with the Lord and you should have people in your life that you can be honest with and allow to be honest with you. You need to have an honesty about what's in your heart. When you start to see this bitterness or this unhappiness, this lack of satisfaction maybe, or maybe you're just angry with somebody or maybe you're depressed maybe you have anxiety I mean it can go on and on about different things that can wake their way into our heart you got to be honest about what's there instead of just going well I mean you know God's good hello hello cut out on me we got to get a new one Katie (laughs) yeah someone's jamming my radar we have to be honest about what's there because if you're not honest about what's there, how can you ever get the thing out, right? Jesus wants to get rid of the things that are bad in your life, cut the, the branches off that are not producing good fruit in your life. And we should want him to do that. It's a good thing for us, right? We should want him to be able to strengthen us and grow us. And one way that he will do that is by pointing out the problems that are inside of us. We need to have careful watch over it. It's like the picture of a small plant. If you want to put this picture up there, Katie. This little plant's in our yard, and you can see next to it, towards the bottom, there's this branch stump. I can't really call it a stump yet because it's not really that big. But it was a tree originally. It was this small tree, but it was a tree, and at some point, the thing got totally smashed by our porch swing, getting blown over by the treacherous wind that came through Butte one time. And it just took it out. I thought for sure, this thing is dead. It's a goner. There's no way this, this tree is going to come back to life again. It's for sure not going to make it. Well, fast forward a year later, the next summer, there was this little seedling that was coming up it was just poking through the ground we're like oh my gosh there's still life there (laughs) it's alive i couldn't believe it and then the thing starts growing it's getting stronger it's getting bigger we kept putting the porch swing there what do you guys think happened (laughs) it got smashed again the porch swing just totally came by smacked the thing and it was even smaller by that point So what do you think happened? It was for sure taken out. Well, that's what I thought. It wasn't for sure taken out. Again, this year, it poked up, came back to life, and there were two of them, right? I think there was two of them, and then another burst of wind. You think we would have learned the lesson the first two times, right? (laughs) It wasn't. It was, oh yeah, it was just the cushion. It was so vulnerable, so infant, it was very, very small. And at this point of like, the smallest thing could totally kill this. Just the porch swing cushion flew through the air, straight at our beautiful little tree, and took it out. This here is all that's left. Yeah, it was protected by a little baby stump. So this is all that's left there now. And I just thought, this is a picture of our faith. Specifically, when we have an incredible encounter with Jesus, that we're like, man, this changed my life. I need to do this. i got to pray like every morning at 6 a.m. now. I need to go to every prayer thing I can think of. I need to read my Bible like for five hours a day. We just get so amped up and excited about something that happened to us. We just get so on fire for Jesus, and we're like, man, I just want to go after him. Nothing's going to get in my way. And then we go into an environment that might have some cushions flying around (laughs) that could take us out. (laughs) We need to keep watch over our faith. We need to protect it, take care of it. Now, Caitlin and I, we're like, never are we leaving that porch swing there we'll put it there, and then we'll stick it in the garage. And now we can't even leave the cushions out in our yard anymore, which we sometimes just like to lay down on because it's comfortable. Now we, we can't even do that. We're like, no, I want there to be a tree here, I want it to be strong. I want it to be able to look beautiful in our yard, bring some shade to our yard, all that stuff. It's going to take time and effort. It's going to take intentionality for it to happen. And it's Unfortunately, really sad of how protective we have to be at this point. But it's because we didn't do what was necessary early on when it was even stronger. And there was a problem that happened. A storm came and it took it out. We need to be watchful. Amen. Proverbs four twenty-four 24 through 27. This is just the few verses that come after guard your heart for it affects everything you do. It is directs the course of your life. And then Solomon comes and talks about, here's some ways you can actually practically guard your heart. You guys think you want to know this stuff? I mean, I would want to. So, following this, Caitlin, can you get me a glass of water, please? Thank you. Proverbs 4, 24 through 27, it says, Avoid all perverse talk. Avoid What? All perverse talk, yes. Perverse talk. Avoid perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Some of you guys are so focused on what happened to you, you never see what's coming down the road. (laughs) You're so focused on what was done to you in the past, you're going to miss what's coming. Now, I don't want to be that person. Thank you. What's the next thing? Mark out what? A straight path for your feet. And then what? Stay on the path. Stay on the safe path. Pretty easy. Self-explanatory, right? That seems pretty obvious. Well, like, mark out a path, and then, you know, don't follow it. Don't walk on the thing. Well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Seems pretty practical. Stay on the safe path. Don't get what? Sidetracked. This is the big reason why I wanted to share these verses, is that one word right there. Keep your feet from following evil. These are ways of which you can guard your heart. Some of you have had some pretty perverse talk over the last course of time. And then you go to this conference, or maybe this summer you have an encounter with Jesus or something, and you're like, man, I really got to keep watch over what I say. I really got to speak life. I got to stop talking trash all the time. Well, here's your chance. Here's a moment to be held accountable. You got people here that can hold you accountable to this. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. This is what some of us did at Desperation Conference, or maybe you went to a youth camp this this summer. Something. You marked out a path for yourself, but now comes the actual application of it. Now comes the practicalness of actually walking on the path. Walk it out. See it through. Do it. And one way you have to do is be careful of what is around you, but not so careful of what's around you that you get sidetracked. Don't. Don't get sidetracked. It's so easy to be distracted. One reason why we have you guys put these up here is because it's easy to get sidetracked. It can be easy to let this be a distraction to you, It can be easy to let this get you off track and off course and off of the reason why you came here tonight. I wish they would do it a little bit more at desperation, but people use their phones for stuff. But it's something that can be an easy distraction. Some of you, it might just be TV, video games, maybe, maybe a couple of you. There's so many distractions in our world today. There's very important work to be done in the early stages of growth with different things in life. If you look at a baby, it needs very intentional care, right? What would happen to a child if it was just left alone for a week? What's going to happen? It might die. Maybe it'll take some water, but maybe it'll drink something that's not water that it probably shouldn't, like nasty water from outside in a pool or something. I don't know. There could be all sorts of things that could go wrong, right? Did you know that it's illegal for people 12 and under, I think it's 12 and under, to be left without an adult for an extended period of time? There's a reason for that, because they need intentional care and protection and they need to be watched over. In the same way with that sapling, the seedling, whatever you want to call it, the little tiny tree, it needs intentional, very specific care. we got to water the thing. we got to watch over the thing like a hawk. We need to look at it regularly to make sure it's doing okay. That's the type of care that needs to be done for something in the early stages of growth. And you could say your experience this summer, there could be an early stage of growth in your life with something. With maybe a direction God wants you to go. Maybe he wants you to start a Bible study. Maybe. I'd be down for it. Maybe he wants you to start a connect group or something. Maybe he wants you to share your faith with somebody. And you gotta be intentional about it. You gotta pray about it. You have to put some action to it to see it come through. Proverbs ten five says a wise youth harvests in the summer where are we right now we're not in the southern hemisphere so we're not in winter jordan we're in the summer but one who sleeps during harvest is what i don't know about you but i don't want to be a disgrace <laughs> proverbs has some pretty pungent language sometimes this is one of those verses <laughs> other verses that calls people stupid. I don't want to be stupid, so I take extra attention to those verses. <laughs> the season of summer in scripture. What do you guys think it symbolizes? What are we talking about right now? Growth. Yes. Summer symbolizes growth in the Bible. Whenever you see the terms of summer coming up, that's what it's talking about a lot of the time. Might not be literally every time, but Vast majority is talking about growth. That's what it's speaking to. A wise youth harvests when it's time for growth. You gotta take take effort. How disgraceful would it be to have all of this time spent as a farmer growing your crops, and when it comes time to collect, you don't. What would happen? you lose a lot of money. you lose a lot of wasted time. You'd be like, gosh, I spent all this summer busy to have nothing to gain from it. No profit, nothing. I wasted all this time, and then I ended up even wasting money, which causes me to have to spend even more money for the money that I wasted. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. Now, this is just speaking to examples in life of how you can waste an opportunity and that it actually is a problem. I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste the opportunities to have growth. I don't want to miss my chances and opportunities for things to grow in my life, for me to have growth in my own life, and to bring growth to the world around me. Because it says here that it's disgraceful. I don't know about you, but I want to have a life that's like, man... What is it you seem to be having going You you just seem like everything you touch works for you. What's going on? What's the difference? Everything you touch prospers. That's what Psalms chapter 1 says. For the people that are righteous, that don't follow wickedness, but they choose to make good choices in their life. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be somebody who, when harvest time comes, I'm not seen sitting on my hands. But I'm seen getting to work and doing something about it. So that when the time comes for the one I'm bringing the harvest to, which is Jesus, when he comes back, he says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." That's what I want. You guys want that too? We got to be intentional. You might be thinking, "I don't have time to be intentional like that. I don't have the ability to work that out." You might have the ability to, but not me. I'm just I'm doing sports. I've got my summer job, I got my girlfriend, I got my video games. <laughs> just go on and on. <laughs> this uh, conference that we went to, there was a a picture that they had that they put up. You can go ahead and share it. It's the rule of life. And it might be a little hard to read, but just the big words are the most important ones for it. But it's the rule of life. There's like four aspects that you need to have implemented and be intentional about in your life to have just a life that's thriving in your faith and growing. So love of God needs to be at the center, of course, right? And just remember that we are loved by God and his love for us should motivate us in everything that we do, okay? And then the four aspects are prayer and scripture, Work and service, rest and play, because that's important too. Relationships and church. These are all four different spheres of influence, areas of our life that we need to be intentional about having God be a part of it and using the love that he has for us to make a difference in those areas. In work and service, you can have God at the center of your work and at the center of your service. It says, do everything as unto the Lord and not unto man. That's the way that you can be intentional about what you do. Relationships in church. Love of God should obviously pour into us to be able to pour into other people, right? In every one of these areas, these are just a couple of them I shared, but we have to be intentional about these things in our life. And like the quote that I shared earlier, We need structure because nobody will ever drift towards growth or looking more like Jesus by accident. You'll never just drift there, and that's what drifting is, is by accident. When you're on the sea and you're drifting, you're not doing it intentionally. You might be intentionally when you're driving. Hopefully not, though. (laughs) But you'll be drifting, and it's something that happens unintentionally. And it'll never be drifting towards being like Jesus. It takes... Great effort, intentionality to be serious about your faith and do something with it. So in this, Victor had a bunch of guys come up and share who were high schoolers, junior hires. They were your guys' age. And he said, you might not hear this from me and believe it, but maybe if you hear it from somebody your age who's doing it, who's actually living this life like we're talking about and doing something about it. And there were people that were like, they were at the top of their class. They were at almost a full-time job. They were in multiple sports. They just seemed to just be crazy busy. And it's like, how in the world could you have actual time to have like time every day to read the Bible, intentional time praying, intentional time with your friends and having relationships with people? Like It seems like, I'm just too busy to have friends. But no, these people actually did it. It was amazing. And you see these people that were in on the stage, actually living life the way Scripture lays out. And they're your guys' age. And you might think, there's no way I can do that. Maybe they can do that, but not me. The biggest difference I see is people that are intentional. People that are making great effort and great strides to make a difference. They don't give up when it gets tough, and they keep going. They don't just ride on every summer experience with Jesus. But they have a weekly experience that sustains them through the summer, sustains them through the school year, sustains them through heartbreak of relationships that are struggling, heartbreak at home, difficulties, storms of life, the passing of a friend. I mean, you name it, storms are going to come, right? And we need to have intentional effort regularly to be able to withstand those storms. James 1, through 27. This is the last scripture I'm going to read, and then we'll get into some discussion groups. James is pretty similar to Proverbs. It's often called the Proverbs of the New Testament. And he has a lot of practical advice that he gives. And he, he does not pull his punches. It seems like every single thing is just like boom, 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 <laughs> straight at you. But James 1, 22 through 27 this comes a little bit after what the whole focus of the conference we went to for a lot of us, which was consider it all what? Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you, encounter, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. And perseverance must complete its work so you may be lacking in nothing. That's what James 1 says. I think it's James 3 and 4. So a little bit down the line with James in the same chapter, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. I feel like this is something to memorize after every conference you go to, every youth camp, every incredible encounter with Jesus that you might have. You go and you're on this spiritual high and you're like, man, Jesus, I just want to change the world for you. I want to do the impossible for you. I want to do all these crazy things for you. This is what it takes. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your what? Tongue. Talking about perverse speech earlier. Here it is again. If you don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows, which is just a way of saying caring for those that are unfortunate, that need help, that are in Need of something in their distress and refusing to let what the world corrupt you. Everyone say world corrupt you. You don't want that. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't let the world corrupt you. <laughs> How do you think you stop the world from corrupting it? Is it by accident? No? Is it just like, oh, yay, I didn't let the world touch me by chance? Do you think that would happen? No. It doesn't work like that. It has to be something that you make effort in. You have to make effort with it. That's really the big thing for this whole sermon. If you get anything from this, Be intentional about your faith. Don't allow the cares of this world to overcome you. When you see a problem, when you look in the mirror, because this is saying when you look at the Word of God, when you're reading it, when you see it, when you're listening to a sermon and you're like, there's, there's just something that pops out to you and you're like, wow, I feel like I needed to hear that or I feel like God's trying to speak to me right now and say something. When you're reading scripture, when you're having prayer time, when somebody says something that clicks, and you're like, wow, I think there was something God was saying. You have to do something about it. Or else you're just going to walk away from the mirror and forget all about it. You'll you'll choose to forget it because when you see a problem and you don't want to see it, you go, nope, I didn't see anything. There was nothing there. Nope, I look fine. I'm all good. (laughs) I don't want to acknowledge the problems there. (laughs) But when you see the problems and you do something about it, that's where change actually happens. That's when growth is actually going to come into your life. That's when you're going to see lasting fruit and real cultivated growth that will happen and go on for a long time. You want to put that tree picture up there again? And let's have the leaders come on forward. I don't know about you, but I don't want my faith to look like that. I want my faith to look like one of those huge, massive trees that are in California. The Redwood Forest, I think it is, right? I want my faith to be something that's strong, that's grown and stood the test of time. It doesn't mean there's not going to be some scars that come along the way, some bruises that happen. But I want to be able to withstand the storms that come. Amen? Let's stand on up. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to have one question for you, and then we're going to have a cereal bar tonight. We'll just have some fun hanging out. But the one question I have for you guys is this. I want you to be... Don't give me, and your leaders some answer like, "Uh, I don't know. Uh Like you tell your parents, oh, what would you do at school today? "Uh, stuff, nothing, whatever. (laughs) I want you to give a real answer. I want you to think about it. There might be something God's already speaking to you now, saying this is the area I want you to work on. Here's where I want you to be intentional with your faith. I want you to cultivate growth here, right here. It might be when I said, reading your Bible, and you're like, yeah, this summer has been real terrible. I have not read my Bible much at all. (laughs) Somebody else is moaning. (laughs) It might be prayer. I know for myself, I want to get up early and spend intentional time with the Lord every single morning. For me, I've sprinkled it throughout each day. Like, here, I'll do it here, I'll do it there. And I've got a really busy life. But when those kids were speaking at Desperation Conference, I'm like, man, they can do it. (laughs) I should be doing it too. That might be something for you. Maybe it's sharing your faith. Maybe you're like, gosh, I know I need to talk to this friend of mine. I need to talk to my neighbor. Maybe it's somebody in your family. And you've been shoving it off, pushing it off, and waiting until like this golden moment. Seize the opportunity. Don't let the harvest die. Take hold of it while the chance is there. Amen? Okay, I'm going to pray. But that's the only thing. What is the thing you need to be intentional about, that you need to work on to cultivate growth in your life? God, I thank you that you never give up on us. Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for us, and your power is made perfect in weakness. And God, there can be some areas in our life right now where maybe we feel weak in our faith. We feel as if we're like this little tree that keeps getting smacked by the wind, something knocking it over, but there's still life there. You aren't done with us yet. God, I pray that we would be intentional about making every effort to grow in our faith, making effort to be people that are not taking part in perverse talk. We're not taking part in corrupt speech. We're careful with our words and what we say. We're careful with how we talk about others and how we talk about ourselves. God, I pray that we would be intentional, that we would make every effort to add to our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, all right.